You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Thanks for listening to Primetime with Isaac and Souk On Demand, a Service Patriots podcast on Odyssey and 1080 The Fan. Service Patriots is your home for comfort solutions for all your heating and air conditioning needs. Check out the latest special offers for our listeners at servicepatriots.com slash the fan. If you can find the time to explore the mind of a stripper, then you can find the time to spend with your actual family. Prime time with Isaac and Sue. What they on? All steroids and no carbs. They're the big ass kids. This is Primetime. We're not like you. We're growing up. Your source for the best in local, regional, and national sports. Oh, my goodness. Here are Isaac Ropp and Jason Sakanik with Primetime on 1080 The Fan. Hey, what it do? Ahoy. What's up? Good ah, Wednesday. You know. How you doing? Not so good. How you guys doing? Not holding up. Oh, God. What happened? An in-season tournament loss? How will they ever oh. recover? I'm devastated. Yeah, it's hard. I was told that the in-season tournament was everything, and now... It's this. hard. Yeah. How, you know... I'm well, they gave it a run, though. I'm licking my wounds right now. You know? I mean, it was close game, and then it wasn't. And it wasn't. I mean, I swear to God, I got up to take a leak, and... <laughs> came back and they were they were within two I think it was like ninety five ninety three yeah, or something yeah it was right there then I go pee and then I come back and it's a hundred and something to well that's what was happening what was it the uh, like what happened that was the Memphis game I told you it was the it was on the Saturday or was it Saturday or Sunday I was watching no it was Sunday because I was watching the the Bills and the the Bengals and the Blazers were up by like eight with like two and a half minutes to go I flipped over for like three to four minutes of real time. To see the end of the Bills game, when I flipped back, I thought the score was was wonky because the Grizzlies were up by nine. Yeah, fortunes well, change very uh, very quickly, and our man uh, Duop Reith, it, it didn't it didn't go well. God, Especially basketball, it's just a game of runs. It's always a game well, of runs back and forth. It is, but. Well, it is. <laughs> it, it sucks. I, yeah. I hate it. I, I'm like, oh, a team's up by 18, yeah, but, and then. But, two but these later. runs are more like you've got like like bad sushi runs. It's not so good. Blazers run. So look, I'm going to try to stay positive today, but man, when you lose an in-season <laughs> tournament game, I Yeah, Blazers runs are different than <laughs> yeah. regular NBA runs. Yeah, that's a whole Blazers other... runs are like the trots. Yeah, right down your legs, you know, you're out you're out running that marathon, you're in that that uh, Shamrock trot and next thing you know, whoops. <laughs> Got to go. It's happening. It's a case of the muds right Surprise. there. <laughs> I think we've all been there. Happens to me when I'm walking my dog sometimes if I take too much caffeine in the morning, it's like, "Oh boy." Then you're stuck. You're away from home. Well, the Utah Jazz are mighty. <laughs> <laughs> and not many will. No. That purple court, I mean, hush. Well, I will say the court thing. You like the purple? Well, the court, no, but the court thing helps me because 
the end season tournament, like that's the only way I know it's the end season tournament. It's the way it's the only way anyone knows it's yeah. an in season in season tournament game. So at first I was like, that court thing is really stupid. Yeah. But now it's when cool. I was watching all the highlights stuff, I'm like, oh, hey, it's brilliant. There's the court. <laughs> that means this is an in season tournament game, and I know they play them all on the same night. I think, but I, I, I'm still dumb enough to not know that unless you had the court. So the court. I have done a 180 on the idea of the new court for just for the tournament. It's good because then it tells people, oh, hey, this is a tournament game. Boy, their court, though, the Blazer, the Blazer court I actually kind of like. I think it looks pretty sharp. The uh, the Jazz court, boy, that was a lot. That was, uh, it was burning my retina. I wasn't, um, well, the game was actually burning my retina, too. But you combine those two. That's why I said I'm not doing so well. I sat there and watched that, and they lost. Sorry. I don't know what to do. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm gonna try to overcome. Fade the Blazers one though. Yeah, that worked. Although I don't, I think people were actually. I don't know if they were fading them last night because the Jazz suck. Kind of sucks too because I actually I'd seen the renderings uh, for the Jazz court before the game and I was like, oh, light purple. I'm into that. I think it would look good. No, it kind of looked like ass on TV. Unfortunately. You know, can I? Have a, uh, I'd like to present a hot take on Sports Talk Radio. Hot take away. I don't mind the courts. Yeah, I don't mind them. I, I don't have an issue with it. I, I don't. I don't think they're. I think some. I, of, I think some of them like the Jazz. The Heat court is a lot. Like I said, I like the Blazer court, and I like the Blazer uh, whatever the the Rip City Unis. It's all right. I don't, I'm not. You know what the best thing is though? What to totally uh, derail all of this? What do we got? The Rip City Remix. Oh well, I mean clearly they play this weekend. Oh, are at you Charleston? Are you going? I am not. Oh. But <laughs> I have read that they play this weekend, and that I tell you what—they hit a home run on the branding of that team. That's yeah, a great absolutely. logo and team name, the yes. Rip City Remix. Now, if we could just get anyone to care about it, yeah, that's not going to happen. And maybe send Duop Wreath down there. Well, there you go. Can they send him over there? <laughs> well, he, he was. Yeah. Well, let's send him back because he sucks. <laughs> it think... wasn't. It wasn't good. I think he he played ten minutes last night. I think he went zero for four with a couple turnovers and. I think he had a rebound. I think that was his yeah. only stat. Is he I had... saw that rebound. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. you saw him rip that thing down? Uh, I hate to burst your bubble, Rob. He is a two-way player for the Portland Trailblazers. Okay. So, yeah, he's going to be back and forth. You'll see him both well, in a remix go, and in a Blazer uniform. Yeah, that's going to get Rob out to the remix when our man Duop goes down. You know, count Rob in. You can probably get front row to that thing for like 20 bucks. Uh-huh. Probably the best bang for your buck in the city. Uh, are they taking over unders on like do up wreath points for remix games? Because I'll place Boy, a bet on that. Bet wow, on, can you bet on? I don't know that. I I don't know. By the way, twenty bucks is too much. <laughs> I don't know. Let me look on StubHub. I I have no idea. I think okay. So they're playing at the Child Center, so yes. it's a smaller yeah venue yeah. Uh, and I think the game's on Saturday, and they play the Lakers. Mm. <laughs> LeBron's gonna be here. <laughs> LeBron on a on a re uh, a rehab assignment. Wait, what's the league called? D League, G League, the G League, the G yeah. League. Okay, the Lakers team is called the South Bay South something. Yeah, South yes, Bay Lakers. South yeah. Bay Lakers, and that's weird because no one really knows what that is. Okay, so South Bay. Okay. What does that mean? I'm not from California. By the I way, no they're idea. they're not playing the the Lakers. They're playing the Ontario Clippers. I don't think that's right. Well, I think they play the... Saturday, November 18th. It's the Ontario... You've got your LA G League mixed up. Maybe it's Friday. I think they had a away game against South Bay last Friday, and then this Friday they're opening Friday. their home season okay. against the it's South Friday. Bay Lakers. Yeah. yeah, Friday. But then Saturday, yeah, they probably play Ontario as well. There yeah, you go. You're, you know, you're do, both right. They do play multiple games. Mm. So I think it's Friday they play South Bay. 
All right, let me see what I can get here. LeBron's kids on the team. You want you want two tickets here? All right. No, I don't. I can get you a lower section row five. That's pretty close to the floor, it seems. Take a guess. Fifteen dollars. Seventeen bucks. Okay. Hey, you know what? That's so twenty for courtside is about right. I'm not seeing at least on this. I'm not seeing courtside available. They're, They're not just snatched up. Oh, yeah. Are you kidding me? People are for like 25 bucks. People are all over that. I did have a buddy of mine that was trying to corner the uh, the market on obscure, uh, like obscure team seats. Like he's he's the guy that's got the timbers and the thorns, uh, like the right on the, the, the field, the field suite. Oh, to resell? No, no, no. He just, he, oh, he just wants him. He okay. just wants to be king of like kind of the, uh, <laughs> the obscure sports. Like, uh, and then he's got like the Winterhawks down there, or, like right on the glass. He wants the best seats at like, eh, you know, you go into like the, the roller derby, like front row at that. And he's like, gee, this is right up my alley. He's like, I'm going to be sitting on the bench. So yeah, maybe, you know, people are snapping those things up for 17 bucks. Look, that's a sweet deal. I'm still not going at 17 bucks, but yeah, it's a hell of a deal for fifth you know, row. I refuse to wear blazers gear because I'm an impartial reporter. Yeah. <laughs> But you'd wear some remix. Yeah, I think I would. Do they have? Yeah, they do. I'm looking at it right here. You I'm can, looking at the trucker hat. You can buy some remix gear. Yeah, it's a sweet. I mean, I'm sorry. That is a cool logo. It's like the record, but the pinwheel. Yeah, and then it's just yeah. It's they just did. Cool. They did a nice job with that. Yeah, it's just it's uh, it's it's a nice collection. Yeah, but you and they have it on ripcityclothing.com. Trying to think of you in a trucker hat of all things. <laughs> well, I have a trucker hat on right now. Oh, yeah, you do. Yeah, it's just the style. Yeah. You, you think, oh, everybody got to be spitting dip. No, it's just the, yeah. the mesh on the yeah, just the mesh the on the back. I will tell you what, that's a good-looking hat. And does it say something that I can buy fifth-row tickets to the South Bay Laker-Rip City game for $17, but that hat's going to run me 29 <laughs> The hat, more expensive than fifth-row. I'll see if I can get him to send us one. <laughs> yeah, come on. Come on, Jody. We're on TV. Yeah. We'll wear some... I'll wear it on the C-dub. <laughs> you should send him an email and just be like, look, you, do you know who I am? An influencer. You can be a you can be an Instagram <laughs> influencer. Right. I right. tried that with the hops. They they didn't buy it. I said, hey, give me a shirt. I'll wear it on the field. People will buy it. <laughs> they did. People bought it and they're like, hey, I saw you wearing that. No, they didn't care. <laughs> well, I'm loving the uh, minor league. I love that Schulte tried to be a, a brand ambassador. Well, I was the MC. I yeah. was like Todd Bosma yeah, on the uh, field. He still said no. No, they still said, yeah, F you. <laughs> nice try, Schulte. Spend your own money. The minor league branding in this town is on point. Like, the Hillsborough Hops, great. Yes. The Pickles, great. Yeah. yeah. The Remix, great. The Winterhawks do a nice job. The Winterhawks do a nice job. Yeah. The, uh, I mean, even, not even minor league, but, like, I think the Thorns. Uh-huh. That's just a great logo and team name. Yep. I just feel like if only we yeah, had Timbers works. I just if only we had baseball. Yeah. And then they'd probably screw up the name and the probably. logo. Well, what was the WNBA team that was going to be the Rip City or Rose City? Rose City Royalty? Yeah, I don't know. Well, remember that was the story is that they, one of yeah, the rubs the billionaire was guy the billionaire royalty. guy wanted it to be the Rose City Royalty. And that's not, I'm sorry, that doesn't. Nah. That doesn't work. No yeah. royalty. I don't know why he would want that. I don't know either, but... Maybe you know. because he believes he's royalty. It's possible. And back, back in the day, Portland Fire did work. I liked that one, even you know, even though it's gone. Portland Fire? Yeah, yeah. for the WNBA, I thought I'm, that worked. I'm still hoping for the Rose City Urban Campers myself. It's... <laughs> and their logo is like a, a trailer. A well, I was thinking like a tent, you know, oh, okay. and then just like a... Like an arm sticking out of the tent, like with a baseball glove on it, you know, something like that. No, Maybe. no, a needle. 
oh yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> I know you want to go sports, but no, we got to go full on yeah. authenticity in the logo well, here. You could have maybe a shopping cart out there or something. I don't know. Class it up a little bit. I think it'd be great. I'm currently sending, so I can do two things at once. Yeah. Because I'm really talented. I'm currently sending Schultzy mm-hmm. uh, audio of Kenny Dillingham. Oh. And I want to play it. What's old uh, Kenny well, D up to? Well, you know that they're playing the Ducks. Yes. But I find him entertaining. Okay. Like, I think he's awesome. He's a young and uh, energetic sort of fella. Very much. I did see that Landing, and, Landing said that they, they talk on a regular basis, said not so much this week, but they're still in uh, communication. He's obviously, yeah. they work together at Memphis. Yeah. and They're buds. Yeah. Well, did you, I don't, I, I'm assuming you didn't see a lot of Arizona State play. No. Because it's, it's Arizona State. Are you kidding me? Um, but yeah, they ran like 15 to 16 snaps of like the swinging gate. The swinging play. gate. Yeah, I, I I I read where he. Well, actually, I was reading about that, and then I went and looked up his quotes on it. Dillingham. He said he looked it up on YouTube. <laughs> okay. He did. Well, he said a coach, an assistant coach, mentioned it to him, and said, "Hey, you should go back and look at the seven, 1976, the offensive coordinator of the." <laughs> Pit Panthers ran the gate, the swinging gate, and that's where he got and it. And he's like, okay, so he googled it, and then it was on YouTube, and that's where he got it. God, I think, and that's he ran awesome. it like seventeen yeah, times. Yeah, they like, kept they kept running it. I mean, you see those like on um, extra points. You know, if you don't know what the swinging gate is, it's where you have the you know the, the, some of the linemen are out to one side. Think about like when Oregon does this sometimes. Other teams instead of lining up for the PAT, they'll line up with a bunch of linemen wide, and then if they don't get the look they want, then they all come back in. Dillingham was just running that during the game against UCLA. Well, they're they, they're down like half a team. They've been decimated by injuries, and so they just were kind of like they don't have, they're like three and seven. They can't go to a bowl game. They couldn't even if they were good. So I love the fact that Dillingham's just like ah, screw it. How great would it be if they came out against Oregon and everything was a trick play, every swinging gate the entire time? I think it would be great. Double I- reverses. I mean, the this is a fun game because I think Duck fans, you know, they're not worried, right? No. Like, it's just, it's a talent thing. Like, it just, ASU doesn't have the horses to beat no, You want to, like, tussle their hair and be like, good job, guys, and right. smack them on the face. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's kind of what they're like because you really want to like Dillingham because he's, you know, he was here. Yeah. And he did a good job, and he seems like a fun guy. And but I think eventually they're going to be a th- well. I guess it doesn't matter. They're going to the Big Twelve. Exactly. Never mind. So you won't. Retract that statement. Yeah, we'll never hear from them again. But and their quarterback play is atrocious. Yeah, I haven't watched them enough. But who's their? Who are they running out there? It's that Borgit guy. Yeah, yeah Borgay. Okay. Yeah. Quentin Borgay. He played he, under Herm, didn't he? Uh, I recognize that name. I remember yeah. if he was there under Herm? I think or he's not. a junior, so that makes sense. But he went nineteen to thirty-four for a buck forty-eight and one of the worst interceptions you've ever seen in your entire life. I mean, they've they've. I mean, they've had to rotate through a bunch of guys. Remember at one point. I think they had all four quarterbacks hurt, except the other guy came back in because they didn't have another one. It's a it's a work in progress down there at Arizona State, but it's not his fault. I mean, it's going to take a while for him to get that thing pointed in the right direction. Okay, they play well, hard though. I, I mean, have Kenny Dillingham audio. All right, you're going to hear that. Oh, we have a guest. We have sports guest. Yes, we do. Uh, Stuart Mandel of the Athletic is going to talk about the fate of the Beavers and the Cougars. The Pac Two, or as people calling it, uh, Two Pack. He's following that story, and we will talk to him at 3.30. That is in 16 minutes by my count. So let's get our poll question in. We'll do that next on The Fan. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Prime Time with Isaac and Souk on 1080 The Fan. All right, Stuart Mandela of The Athletic will join us in our next Seggy. Uh, you can uh, text the Vancouver Ford text line at 503-864-6326. Your dollar goes further at Vancouver Ford. They treat you right before, during, and after the sale. VancouverFord.com. Uh, we have Kenny Dillingham audio momentarily. Uh, but uh, first, our poll question on X at 1080 The Fan, brought to you by AAA Heating and Cooling, a family business helping families for over 60 years. AAAIAQ.com. Yesterday we asked you, where does the ugliest football currently reside? Uh, Big Ten, NFL, or US, uh, USC? Uh, guess what one? We're going NFL? Nope, we're not. USC. Not that either. Big Ten. The Big Ten one. Yeah, well, and I think people are bitter about the whole Big Ten thing as well, because now they're getting more respect than the Pac-12, and they'll, you know, next year half of the uh, Pac-12's in the Big Ten. 49% said Big Ten is where the ugliest football currently resides. 35% said USC, and 16% said NFL. Kids, I'm telling you right now, that should be higher. Yeah. The NFL. Yeah, people don't... There's a lot of ugly in the NFL. (laughs) I think people refuse to accept it because it's the best of the best. It doesn't mean it's pretty. No, you're right. By the way, people are correctly pointing out that you... You basically killed this man off. I know. Yeah. I was just about to mention that. We were talking about the Big Ten. Just yesterday. And the Great White Hope. Yes. Iowa's corner, Cooper yes. DeGene. Yes. Who might, like, he will he's be. A, he's great. He will be an NFL white corner, which we haven't seen in, like, 20 years. Don't forget punt returner. And you're out there, you're bloviating on him. I, and, thought, I think he's great. And, I just mentioned him yesterday. And now he's out for the year he got hurt in practice. We have killed him. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yes. And probably his NFL career. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Congratulations. Sorry, Coop. Guys having a great year. Now they have no chance in the Big Ten title game. The not, without day, my, not without my man. I mean the day. Yes. Not even 24 hours after hyping the great white hope. <laughs> Down he goes. Down he goes. Season-ending lower leg injury in practice, and uh, it says he's expected to miss a significant amount of time. Cooper DeGene. Yeah. If you didn't know, did we mention, he plays for Iowa. Plays for Iowa. He's a, he's a DB, yeah. he's a corner for Iowa. He's if not a safety. If you haven't watched Iowa, I don't blame you. But if you did, you know who he is. He's and, awesome. and he was going to be a fairly high uh, NFL, like first round, second round NFL draft pick as a white corner, which 
again. And punt returner. Yeah, people think I'm joking. We have not seen a white corner in the NFL in like 20 years uh, since the Giants, uh, Jason Seahorn. I mean, that's like, that's the equivalent of like a panda bear showing up and just deciding to play corner in the NFL. That doesn't happen. And yet you had to go and screw it all mm. up. Sorry, Koopy. Yeah. You're my boy. <laughs> You're my boy, Blue. Uh, today we're asking you, and it is pinned to the top of our X account, at 1080thefan, what is most certain to happen? Jonathan Smith leaving Oregon State, the Beavers upsetting the Huskies and the Ducks, Washington to the Natty, Oregon to the Natty. Mm. Mm. Which one's most likely, huh? Which is most certain to well, happen. None of them are certain. Well, but to you, though. To me. Yeah, like you, like you have to, like what do you think is most certain? Smith leaving. I think it's going to be really hard to keep him. I just do. And I don't know about this year, but I think it's going to be hard to keep Jonathan Smith. I think he's done a tremendous job. I think it's one of the best jobs we've seen um, in the last 15 years in college football. But just regardless of how this shakes out, I mean, this idea that they're going to rebuild the Pac-12, fine. You can rebuild it as, as and call it the Pac-12 or Pac-8 or Pac-10, whatever you want. It'll take a couple years, but at the end of the day, it's not. It's the Mountain West. Um, it's not an automatic qualifier to the college football playoff. You'll have a shot, but you're going to be competing against the the other, the, you know, the the American you know conference and Sun Belt and all that. There's no guarantees. Your budget is going to be absolutely gutted, and. I think Jonathan Smith is just too good a coach, and I, I think someone will come for him. And I don't know that he's going to leave in, in, in a timely fashion, but, you know, that other stuff, I mean, Oregon State isn't beating Oregon and Washington back-to-back. Uh, -back. That's a, I mean, there's not many teams in the country that are going to do that. Um, Washington and Oregon both to the national championship, I mean, I, I could see it. I think it's more likely that Oregon wins a national championship. But again, you're asking them to win a lot of games against really tough opponents. I mean, you got, what, four or more of those to go? And and three of those are going to be against top five teams because you're going to have to probably play each other again if you get by the Beavs. Yes, yeah, so if you're Oregon, you play, well, both of them, they play Oregon State. Yeah. Who's they a, play each other. Yep. Then they would play a top yeah, four team. Then you're playing Michigan and then Georgia. If you win all of those. Yeah. You're in the championship. Yeah, I mean, that's just... Although Washington doesn't have to win all of them. No, Washington just has to split their last two. Um, but that's just, that's that's asking a lot. So if you send me which one is is most likely, I would like it better, but you say certainty. Certain. I'll just, I'll go with that. I Tell just think it's really, it's going to be a absolute mother bear to keep Jonathan Smith and Corvallis. Nobody believes Washington to the natty, I'll tell you that. And they're undefeated. They're just sitting there, they just keep winning. Yeah. All they do is win. Yeah. I mean, it's not beat it's, Oregon, it's and not, yet it's not pretty. Nobody believes that well, uh, that will happen. Look, we saw TCU do this last year, and Washington is a lot better than TCU. So, I'm not discounting Washington. It's just if you look at the way they they've played defense, um, that just that scares me. I think Oregon's the more complete team, but Washington beat them. So, like, if Washington plays. Uh, Oregon in the in the Pac-12 title game, everyone's just going to be like, oh, Oregon's going to trounce them. And I, I do not understand that sentiment. You can think that they're the better team, but you can say that the last two years, and they beat them in Washington, and they beat them in Austin. So be careful with this notion that no one can stop Oregon. Yeah, they can. Washington did on multiple fourth downs, and they went up and down the field on you. So... You know, and then don't discount the Beavs. I mean, the Beavs may throw a monkey wrench in this whole damn thing. 
Do you know that if a 12-team playoff happened right now, based on this last college football playoff rankings, yeah. it would be Oregon and Oregon State in the first round? Oh, it'd be tasty. <laughs> and that would be in Eugene, right? Number those, six versus number 11. Yeah, those first couple games are going to be yeah. uh, on They campus. would play back-to-back, well, not back-to-back, but two out of three weeks, twice in in uh, Eugene. Yeah. Well, and look. Because Oregon State did not make the top, top 10. Of the playoff. 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 We thought maybe they would. Yeah. They did not. They're 11th. Although, Playoffs. to be fair, we keep talking, you know. Missouri uh, and Louisville got in there. <laughs> we keep talking about uh, Oregon and Washington. And Missouri's I do... 8. Or, I mean, Missouri's 9 and Louisville's 10. Yeah. And Oregon State's 11. Um, Oregon State controls their own destiny. Yeah. Win the next two and you're in the Pac-12 title game. That's all you got to do. Yeah. Piece of cake. That's just, yeah. Just beat the number uh, five and number six team in the country. One of those, at least, is at Corvallis. I Man. think it's horse crap that college game day isn't coming to Corvallis. Yeah, we talked about that. Yet, or uh, Monday. Monday. Yeah, yeah, that's a pile of crap. Yeah, that is. It's weak. Yes. It's very weak. It's absolute and it's weak It's actually sauce. embarrassing for ESPN. But uh, they've kind of shown their true colors on this whole sure. situation. But, I, you know, if you're a Beaver fan, you got to be lamenting that Washington State loss. <sighs> Like now you look back. See, and I, go, I, I lament the Arizona. Washington State kind of kicked your ass. It's the Arizona. Yeah, but one they that I, they're not any good anymore. No, the Arizona. Yes, the <clears throat> the whole going for it on or yeah. the fake field goal thing yeah. and boy, yeah. I mean the Beavs, dude. It's not eh. Washington State was so was, close. was kicking you in the in the groin and then you made a last minute push. Yeah, but how do you lose? How do they? How do you let them know. kick you in the groin? Yeah, when up, up and down they're losing to Cal. They've lost what, six in a row or whatever. Five it is. in a row, I think. Five or six. I will say though, if you're Oregon State, come on, Beeves. The way you run the ball and and hopefully be able to get after the quarterback, that you know, and it's gonna be it's gonna be kind of a, a cold, windy day. Uh, maybe some rain down there. At, maybe uh, they'll throw a pass at Reeser. Think they'll throw a pass? <laughs> I bet you they throw it uh, once or twice. But you know, that's that's one. If, if I'm Oregon State, I think the Duck one may be a, a tough uh, task on the road. Although you did it last year. Uh, miraculous not on com- the road, they didn't. No, not on the road. But see, they're different on the road. They're different on the road or on the road. But at home against Washington, Washington been playing close games, white knuckling it. The Beavs looking for some respect. Yeah. I, I, if, I think that should be. And and now they're look they're talking to the fire marshal to see how big, uh, how how much over capacity they can go uh, at Reeser. That, that place is going to be stuffed. I just can't believe college game days is going there. That place is going to be hey, 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 bananas. Hey, James Madison. Okay. Yeah, James okay. Madison. The last game in the Pac-12 at Reeser. That I mean, that's that's phenomenal. pretty embarrassing. All right, uh, Stuart Mandel of the Athletic joins us next. Oregon State and Washington State won the first ruling of their lawsuit against the Pac-12. What does it all mean? He'll tell us when we return here, Schultze. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. 
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. With Isaac and Souk on 1080 The Fan. Did you ever see Main Justice on SNL? Oh yeah, yeah. Some Main Justice. Yeah, it's it's the courtroom. The, yeah, but it's the guy from like Louisiana. Yeah, yeah. The the judge is from like Louisiana, but he's like yeah. dealing out some Main Justice. Yeah, that played by Jason today. Ah, it's fantastic. That is what I picture. <laughs> the Whitman County. Yeah, the yeah. yesterday's uh, court ruling on the Washington State Oregon State. Uh, lawsuit that's what i picture he's waxing poetic about when i was a kid my guy's like a coog fan (laughs) you know and he uh votes in favor of the coogs and beefs but a victory nonetheless here to talk about that uh, on our show is Stuart mandel of the athletic hello Stuart. can you hear us yes i can oh thank you for that applause yeah you're welcome the the audience loves you (laughs) Uh, what does this mean? Okay, so the Beavs and the Cougs, they win the first ruling of their lawsuit. Uh, what what does this mean now for them? Um, you know, it's it's for them, it's, a, it's an important victory. It doesn't necessarily have any tangible effect just yet because the judge immediately stayed that ruling, and we just saw, I don't know, a little while ago, uh, completely expected. But um, Washington, the 10 departing members are, are appealing to the Washington Supreme Court. But I think behind the scenes, this was an important moment in terms of the judge kind of giving the official indication, right, that he thinks ultimately they will prevail, that they are uh, will be successful in, in their case, that they should be the two remaining uh, board members. And so I think what you'll probably see is pretty quickly from here is what everybody wants to know, what are these guys going to do next year? What's their plan for, for, you know, a two team conference or uh, some sort of scheduling alliance with the Mountain West, whatever that may look like, not that they need the, the court ruling to be complete in order to do that, but maybe just makes them feel a little more emboldened that they could go ahead and finalize something. You know, when you look at this, obviously it's been appealed and this thing is going to get fought and fought and fought. Can Oregon state and Washington state afford to kind of let this thing drag out? I mean, we're 10 months away and as you mentioned, we have no idea what they're doing next year. I think that they know that they need to, um, you know, in terms of the sports part of it and who you're going to play next year, that needs to be figured out ASAP. And they've been working on it, right? It's not like they're just going to start out on that path right now. It's more kind of waiting for to, to finalize details and maybe the, you know, the way that the court case played out uh, helps expedite that. Um the court case that was really more about who controls the assets and who, you know, whatever that number is, 100 million, 200 million, whatever the PAC 12 is going to be sitting on, um, what do they get to do with that money? And, um, you know, I think there's a lot of things that could be done with that. Um, but one obviously would be to fund your athletic department, to continue to be able to fund your athletic department at a power five level. They're definitely not going to be, playing a power five schedule in football next year. Um, we don't know exactly what that schedule will look like, but it'll probably be more of a group of five level schedule. 
Um, but that doesn't mean necessarily that they have to slash their budget by 80% overnight if they have access to, for instance, the PAC-12 cut of the CFP revenue for the next two years before that contract runs out, NCA tournament units, um, other things, you know, other sources of revenue that don't necessarily end at the end of this school year. Yeah, so th- this is big for them for those reasons. What, what does it mean for them if they don't win? Are you saying that they instantly, well, whenever that happens, whenever they find out maybe they don't get access to this money, what then what happens? What, what do they have to do? Well, it's, it's, I think that, that part is more about the current year revenue, right? These, these other 10 schools led by Washington are saying to this judge, and now they'll say to the Supreme Court, hey, if you, guys, if you let these guys have sole control, they're going to take the money that, that we earned for this current school year. We're playing. We're still playing in the Pac-12 this year, and we should get the TV revenue and everything that comes with it. And the judge made it clear. I don't want to say made it clear, but he indicated yesterday he would not let that happen. Yes, there, he's ruling an injunction uh, for them to become the two board members, but the way he put it was he would not let them take advantage of that and, and hoard all the money for themselves. Um, I think on the flip side of that, if this were to somehow get reversed and, and, and a higher level court says that the 10 departing members remain voting members on the board, right? Then it's the other side of it. Are they going to take all the money for themselves? Um, I would think, I would hope kind of that there will be some sort of settlement here soon. Um, watching that hearing yesterday, you could tell that the, um, 10 schools argument for why they, haven't actually withdrawn from the conference or haven't actually was not very convincing. And I would think that might motivate them to reach some sort of settlement with the other two. So everybody can move on with their lives. It's safe to assume that this was a gross miscalculation on the part of the 10 schools that left that they just absolutely botched this thing. Cause I'm, I'm with you when you listen to their argument, it's pretty weak. Yeah, it's pretty weak. Um, and you know, I have to think they know that, right? I mean, to say that USC and UCLA, I mean, one, one of their one of the the most um, important arguments for the two schools is that there's this recent precedent. USC and UCLA announced they were leaving, and they immediately stopped going to all the board meetings. Um, same with Colorado, although obviously that period didn't last very long. And the, and the other ten are coming back and saying, well, we didn't actually kick them off the board. Like that was never actually an official thing. Um, they just kind of stopped coming to the meetings. Well judge wasn't buying that so um i think they but i think they needed to go take it at least this far because of what i said earlier um get it whatever it is get it on the record get it into the public forum hey we are not going to let those two take this year's money for themselves yeah that would be i don't think yeah i don't think they will be able to do that yeah would that i mean i i know that it's kind of every team for themselves and all that but what would that do from a just a, a perception to, to pull that off and, and for either way, you know, whether the, the remaining 10 just drain everything and leave them hanging out to dry or the, the, the pack two taking over $400 million and telling the other 10 to go, you know, pound sand. Have we ever seen anything like that in, in college sports where you just see two teams or, or the other way around 10 doing that to, to two, that just kind of seems unprecedented. It is unprecedented. I, I you know, First of all, I think a lot of us assumed on August 4th when the, when it kind of all, you know, went down that, well, that's the end of the Pac-12. They're going to dissolve it. And here we are all these months later. And no, not only are they not 
do they not have any plans to dissolve it? Um, Oregon State, Washington State seem very determined to keep the conference, uh, you know, kind of open as an entity to maintain the brand. Uh, obviously, the main reason you would do that is you think you're going to eventually um, have schools join it, right, and kind of reconstitute the Pac-12. Um, so, you know, I think that's why this is unprecedented, right? I mean, when when this is a long time ago now, but when Texas and all those schools joined the Big 12, and that was the end of the Southwest Conference, SMU and Rice and Houston didn't, like, keep the Big the, the Southwest open for business. They just went and joined other conferences. And, you know, in August, I would have thought that's what was Oregon State and Washington State were going to have to do. Remember, Cal and Stanford were still, uh, for a while there, still looking for a home. They would just join the Mountain West. And that has never come to be, and I don't think they would have taken it all this far through the court uh, to this point in the case if, they, if, that's, if that's something they're considering doing. Because would, you wouldn't need to go through all these lengths to do that. Uh, this is Stuart Mandel of The Athletic with us here on The Fan. So the Pac-12 this year is obviously really good. It's compelling, and people are watching. I mean, if they were able to hang on for several more months and negotiate a new TV deal now, would they have been able to stay together? I think so. I, I think, you know, and the funny thing about that is um, there was never any um, – They didn't. there was never a deadline. They didn't have to get a TV deal done by early August, but – you know, you remember all year, all calendar year, first it was going to be March, and then it was going to be April, and eventually the schools themselves kind of gave George Fialkoff a deadline. You have to finish this by July 31st or else. And in a world where that doesn't happen and they just kind of keep it open-ended and you're having those negotiations now, yeah, you've got recent, like, current evidence that when that this is a conference that people want to watch. I mean, I think what really – Many, many things have been written about you know, why, it, why it went down the way it did. But and I think one thing it didn't get talked about enough is Pac-12 just wasn't very good for the last decade. They didn't have a very compelling product. They were not, you know, they hadn't had a team really be a serious playoff contender in years. And so not surprisingly, uh, TV networks were like, yeah, we can take it or leave it. Um, but this season has been, uh, arguably, they have had as many big national TV games as anyone and they will down the next two weeks. And, you know, if I were the commissioner doing those negotiations and if they were still open now, I'd say, hey, this is a sign of things to come. You know, like we went through our down period, but Oregon's got a great coach now. Washington's got a great coach. And Lincoln Riley's at USC. Like we're going to continue to be, you know, giving you these kind of games here for the next several years. When you look at, at how this plays out, I to me this is, is the sign that the Pac-2 is going to survive. But whether it ends up being the Pac-8, Pac-10, it's, it's the Mountain West. Can you see a, a path where this gets a major... I mean, the Mountain West TV deal right now is like, what, four to six million bucks? So yeah. is, is there a way out of this where, regardless of what happens over the next two years, that Oregon State and Washington State don't end up essentially being, being put on the, the outskirts of college football? Well, I think... I, I don't expect there to be, like some announcement tomorrow that they, that they've, you know, poached six schools from the mountain West. I think they're going to come up with a way to buy some time. Um, keep basically keep it open for business for the next two years. Cause remember the next two years, we still have the same college football playoff structure. Um, you know, there's, there's, I think rules in that contract about how much money you get from it and all that stuff. Everything resets in 2026. And, um, 
because there's now these now it's going to be 12 teams and at least one group of five conferences is going to get an automatic berth. And who knows what, 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 you know, kind of state, Oregon state, Washington state football will be in by then much less, you know, San Diego state and Boise state just fired their coaches. Right. So, um, you know, kind of the two, I think marquee programs in the mountain West, who knows what's going to happen with them. But, you know, if you are Oregon state, Washington state, you're hoping that two years from now, whatever product it ends up being some kind of merger of the two or whatnot is appealing uh, to TV networks more so than it is at this particular moment. Could ACC schools be available down the road to link up with if, you know, the Clemsons and Florida States of the world leave the ACC eventually? You know, anything's possible in realignment now, right? I never would have in a million years thought Cal and Stanford would be competing in the ACC yeah. uh, in a conference where all of the current schools are in the Eastern time zone. I think that it's, it's a given that there'll be more shakeups and more um, instability, and that may involve the ACC. You've also got, obviously, the AAC, and over the past few years, there have been times when they were considering coaching schools from the Mountain West and vice versa. And, you know, I, I actually, even before the SMU to the ACC thing happened, I thought, well, that's a school I could see Cal and Stanford in particular being aligned with. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's other schools like that. So I think where we're heading is that once the new – CFP kicks in in 2026. Um, it's not going to be the same structure as, as it is for these next two years. And there'll be some sort of consolidation. You know, let's just go ahead and call Oregon State, Washington State group of five programs, but obviously probably the top two group of five programs. And whether it's some sort of, um, you know, compilation of eight or 10 or 12 of those programs from around the country that form their own, like kind of new group of five conference, or maybe, It'll be called the Pac-12, right? Um, but that might have better standing uh, as part of the CFP going forward. Yeah, to maybe just tread water, like you said, yeah. if you get that money, just and you just spend the two years kind of waiting it out and, and see what mm. see what shakes free. That's exactly right. Oh, and I forgot the most important or most notable thing, which is the M, uh, Mountain West TV deal ends in two years. Oh, so oh good. No, kind exactly of pressing right. pressing reset on a lot of things in two years. Is Jonathan Smith a hot name with some of these jobs opening up? I think so. I mean, they're having an amazing season. You know, they're playing in the game of the week this week. If, if they, you know, and it's so crazy that I, and you would decide who your coach is based on one or two games. But, my gosh, if they beat Washington, and certainly if they beat both Washington and Oregon, everybody's going to want to hire him. Uh, but, obviously, he's already pretty well known. What he's done is documented. I don't think, you know, I can never see Jonathan Smith going to Texas A&M. You know, it doesn't seem like that would be a good fit. But there's rumblings that UCLA might move on from Chip Kelly, and we know where Jonathan Smith's from. So something like that would, would probably become very tempting. I don't know how much this is on your radar. Last question here was Stuart Mandel of um, The Athletic. But regionally here, it's a big deal, and it is that uh, Beaver fans are, are upset that game day, ESPN College game day, is has not chosen their game against Washington. Yeah, five versus what eleven? Yeah, I mean it's clearly the game of the week, and then they choose to go to James Madison, and people up here are pissed about it. What do you think of that? I mean, should is that is that weak of ESPN not to be up here doing that game? I could see both sides of it. I actually I absolutely understand why the Oregon State fans would be upset. I can also see from ESPN's perspective that that would be very awkward. Um, 
you know, I frankly think it's awkward anytime they try to talk about realignment on there because ESPN is a direct part of it. And so if they come to Oregon State and game day, you know, when schools, when game day is at a certain school, a big bulk of the stuff they talk about on the show is about that school. Mm -hmm. And you can't tell the story of Oregon State right now without talking about what happened to it in realignment. And you can't talk about what happened in realignment without talking about ESPN, the TV deal wasn't good enough. So I could totally see from their perspective in Bristol, let's just not touch that. James Madison's undefeated. They're a cool story too. We can just go there and everybody will love us. But yeah, I, I get it. I'm sure Oregon State fans would have welcomed them with open arms. <laughs> They're not, you know, holding what happened against Kirk Herbstreet for, for, for <laughs> that's for sure. Well, yeah. And I think, I think, I mean, there's a, there's a way that ESPN just highlights the story. I mean, it's a huge story. Oregon State and Washington State, of all the schools that found homes in Power Five, they're the two that didn't. And I think it would be, I don't know, I just think it would be classy and maybe they should be above this pettiness and show up and highlight a great fan base who's going to be at a fever pitch for a huge game. And, you know, kind of, it's kind of like the last fist bump to Oregon State, you know? But I, I guess they're just not, they're not willing to go down that road. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I said before the season, the best thing that could happen in this story is for Oregon State or Washington State to reach the Pac-12 championship yeah. game. And yeah. Oregon State's playing for that the next two weeks. Yeah. Um, I don't think they can make the playoffs. They already have two losses. But can you imagine if they won the Pac-12 <laughs> in the last season of the Pac-12? Uh, you know, would, who knows what that would – would, would um, Brett Yormark call, you know, hey, let's get back on the phone. I know right. we blew you off last time, but – I mean, how can we turn down a program like this? So they've got a lot on the line the next two weeks. They do. Stuart Mandel of The Athletic. Hey, appreciate your time. Thank you, Stuart. All right. Thanks for having me. Yeah, anytime. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. ESPN. Yeah, I clearly think it's a it's for what he said. It's just an awkward yeah. thing, and they're, they're, they're just not going to touch no, it. No, they're going to duck it, which is – I'm with you. I think it's, a, it's kind of a coward's move. All right, let's listen to Kenny Dillingham coming up. And uh, is C.J. Stroud already a top five quarterback in the NFL? 351 on the fan. Prime time with Isaac and Souk on 1080 The Fan. All right, wrapping up the Stuart Mandel interview there. How about that, that if Klyavkov or if anybody in the Pac-12 had just said, wait a minute. We're going to have a big year. We've got a lot of good teams this year. Mm-hmm. Why don't we push that? He said there's no deadline on doing a TV deal. Why don't we just wait and see how many people are watching our games this year? And then we'll renegotiate. And he said, my God, if they did that now, they'd probably still be together. Yeah, but it would have never worked. And stay alive. Because no one would have waited around. Because well, you, right, you, that's the problem. But I mean, if you could, yes, if you but were, that's a path to yes. keep it together that if they you, didn't even think. Yet another thing that they didn't even think about. If you could have gotten everyone on board, but Colorado wasn't waiting around, and Oregon and Washington sure as hell weren't waiting around. I mean, the moment we, we know this for a fact, the moment USC and UCLA left, Oregon and Washington were immediately on the phone with the Big Ten. So there's no way, I mean, the, the amount of panic that's that's happening right now with Oregon State and Washington State about what the hell you're doing going forward, there's no way that you could have kept 10 schools now at this point, 10 months away with no uh, budget, no anything, no future schedule and said, hey, just hold on. UCLA's in financial trouble. Cal's in financial trouble. Arizona is in dire financial trouble. And you're telling me that you were going to go into November 
and have no deal done, those schools all would have bolted. So, you know, in, in theory, yes, that would have been great to go to the table with this and say, hey, we got three top 11 teams, including two of the legitimate national title contenders. But there's just that's there, there's a difference between theory and, and practicality. Yeah, that's why they were rushing is, yeah. is uh, they knew that schools had one foot out the door. Yeah. But I mean, just, you know, it always comes back to timing. Yeah. You know, one. Well, and it really the one that, that stings is that you had the Big 12 offer and you got big yeah. riches and you were like, no, we're worth this. And, yeah. you know, it killed you. So the, you, the, the, the end of the day, the Pac-12 should still be around. And it was just misstep after misstep after misstep. And there's and, another one. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's stay on the clock. Let's take another break. And when we get back, we will hear uh, from Kenny Dillingham. Dilly Dilly. Remember when that was a thing? Dilly Dilly, yeah. <laughs> was it those Bud Light? Bud Light. Is that the Bud Light commercials? Dilly Dilly. Hey, I don't drink Bud Light anymore, man. <laughs> yeah, it was like, what's up? And then Dilly Dilly. Yeah, dilly, dilly. yeah you can't drink Bud Light anymore. <laughs> we had the frogs. Don't forget. Oh, yeah. Well, that was Budweiser, though, right? Bud. Bud. Yeah. Wise. Good stuff. I miss the Bud Bowl. Err. Yeah, the Bud Bowl. I like the Bud Bowl. There was a monkey in the trunk, too. But they God, they marketed themselves. And this, the Bud Light guy, I know oh. we got to go, but the Bud Light guy, the marketing director of all those commercials, was so mad as the brand was dying this summer. He's like, I built that. <laughs> Took me 20 damn years and in less oh, than really? a month, it's gone. I didn't yeah. hear Yeah, I didn't hear that. I bet he was pissed. Yeah, whoops. He's like, man, all these campaigns I came up with, <laughs> all and now done Kid in, Rock is yeah, shooting, my, shooting my beer. <laughs> all because that Dylan whatever, Yahoo! whatever that thing was um so was i gonna tell you it wasn't even an ad campaign it was just a like a influencer it was like a one-off yeah nah, i can't remember all right uh coming up next kenny dillingham talks oregon it is 359 on the fan this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 